Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with Kelly Cardenas. I have found so much joy in that space because taking the moment to just be for a second sets me up to breathe before I do things. And some of the times when I'm not doing something from a place of breathing, I catch myself going, I could have done this differently. I could have done this and I could have done that. And I miss certain times where that moment really there is no rewind button there's no like way to redo it and I love Kelly because he's my I I see when you say it's okay to fail I'm like all right well Kelly would have said it's okay to fail you still did it but I like what's great about failure is like okay enough times of wishing I had a pause button I now get to like pause and actually start something with grounding and that works. So I like the fact that I did it enough times where I hurried along and missed my moments. And now I'm like, pause and just be. So Kelly, I am so, so beyond excited to highlight you and and share you with this beautiful group of people because you really have lived the life that most people only dream about living. You know, you didn't come from a ton of money, but you did come from an insane amount of love and you came from a beautiful family and you have become an author. You have been a very successful business owner in salons behind the chair and running and building a business. And now you're an amazing podcaster, which I blinked and there you were, you were literally from here to here. So that's huge. And I have seen... Your articles in Forbes magazine, like, how does that happen, right? Like, you have really taken, oh, I'd like to do something, and you have done it, and you've succeeded in it. And you do it, what it looks from the outside, almost effortlessly. So I am so honored to introduce you to everyone, because most of us in here, I know everyone personally, we're on that path of really, like, doing something new, creating something new. And we are so excited to hear your story because it's such an honor to have you here. So please introduce yourself and let's get to know you and let's play. Well, I I, I want to say I appreciate you. I want to give a shout out to Lori. I see Lori Halter out there. Thank you so much for being here. Honestly, after that introduction, I don't know anybody that could live up to that. But I want to encourage every one of you because all the things that she said, she said, I blinked, but I blinked about a million times in the time that she blinked once watching me. So I, w- I want to encourage you that every time that I've got to a point where I think like, and I'm an optimistic guy, Lori knows this about me, Louisa knows this about me. I'm an optimistic guy in, in the fact that I think that every, like around every corner, Oprah's going to be there. 
she's going to say, hey, that's you, Kelly. I saw you and I want to introduce you to the world. And she hasn't been around the corner yet, but I just figure she's busy. <laughs> She'll show up at some point. But I, the first thing that I want to tell you is honestly, like giving yourself permission to try. And this is probably one of the biggest things in the whole entire world. And I learned it from John Madden of all people. And it, was, it goes like this, a lot of confidence, a short memory. And if you have a pen, just write that down because it's what I live by. A lot of confidence, short memory. So yesterday I set out, I said to my wife, actually the day before, so on the first, I said, I want to do, I want to, I want to do this thing. I want to get one of them to just break the ice and just do it. The next day I did three. Well, I was on high. And I was telling my wife, I was high-fiving her. I called my brother. I'm on top of the world. Today, I took that energy into today. And then I made a call and I was like, if I did three yesterday, I only needed one. I'm going to knock it out the park. I'm going to get five today. And you know what happened? Nothing. I sucked today. I reached out and it didn't happen. And my wife just looked at me and she was like, dummy, a lot of confidence, short memory. You've got to stay in that place and realize that just giving yourself permission to try something is going to be the best. So when, when you know, Louisa was talking about Forbes, it, it took a lot of you know, having articles in a local newspaper, a newsletter that no one ever saw until the Forbes happened. And then everyone was like, oh my gosh. And then Forbes happened again. And I wasn't as excited as the first time. So I want you to all to realize that the, the dreams that you had five years ago, you're living today. So give yourself some credit and give yourself permission to try that next little thing because that next little thing is not going to be the thing that you made it. It's just going to be the opportunity for you to suck again and then try it again and get better. And no one will see you sucking. They'll only see when it pops. And then they'll say like, Louisa, I blinked and it happened and I appreciate it, but that's generally not how it happens in your life. And I want to encourage you in that. You know, it is so true that it is exactly that way. But from the outside, when we're watching <laughs> other people, and especially as they're sharing on Facebook, you're like, how did they figure that out so quick? But I do have to say that, like, I do appreciate sometimes watching someone's beginning really gives me a lot of hope because when I'm watching them now, I'm like, they're so good. They're just so good, right? They like have this. And I wish I had that. But then I look at them and I'm like, I, I like Shanda Sumter, I watched her videos from seven years ago and she was great. She had confidence. She had all of that. But then all of a sudden now she's like completely alive. So let's go back to what I, you recently interviewed someone and you used the word grit. I feel like when I heard your story about your dad and how he had you going door to door to like, actually mow lawns and and be that person i swear to god i really believe a lot of all of this comes from who we were as kids and what did that do for you like going door to door and knowing that this is what was expected of you and you had to do it well i i would like to say that it inspired me and then it just made me the man that was it but it didn't inspire it just pissed me off like as a as a 10 year old if you have to mow three lawns before he could go out and play on a saturday it sucks because your dad is, I think he did the math and he just had a fun alert button, a beeper that said, Kelly's about to have fun. So I need to do something, make him paint the house, make him mow the lawn. You know, we were like, he would be like, paint the house. We were like, we lived on base, dad. We can't paint the house. You're not allowed to. Well, do something, kid. And we joked and said that, that he had the fun alert beeper, but I think he knew in his head that it took a, like seven or eight 
um, times to ask a person, can I mow your lawn? Would you like your lawn mowed? That's how we said it. Knock on the door. Would you like your lawn mowed? And they said, well, what is the price? We said $5 for the front or $10 for front and back. And by the time you got done with eight of them, you got one person to do it. And so, you know, 21 to 24 tries, you got your three. But by the time that happened, the sun was going down. And if the sun was going down, you had to come in. So no fun for us. But what it did teach me is that hearing no is okay. Like today, I heard no, like it was the most awkward conversation. Like I was on high. I, I came in like elevate. I came in like I was the number one draft pick in the NFL and I had just got signed and I had that energy. You guys know that energy. Every one of you has that energy. Like, yo, just bring them to me. I got you. You know what I mean? Like, let's go 2023. And I swear, like I had the conversation and I was blubbering. It was awful. And I got off the phone and the person was like, I don't know, I'll call you later. And I know they ain't going to call me back. But that experience early on, hearing no all the time, hearing no so many times, it was like, what else are you going to say to me? You know what I'm saying? Like, what else are you going to say? So a lot of confidence a short memory. And confidence is not something that you get and then you keep. It's something you have to work on. And the way that you build confidence is by hearing truth, right? And so truth, but it has to be like truth that you could scratch the surface and you understand the truth. And I heard this from my mom and my dad. Luisa's heard this from me as honestly, it was just three things. Number one, you're awesome. Separate yourself from your accomplishments. Number two, you're beautiful. Don't compare yourself to anyone. And number three, you could do anything that uh, you put your mind to, but just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. So a lot of times we get going on something and it works and we're like, wow, this is my purpose. This is what I should be doing. I want to encourage you in the fact that sometimes, like, honestly, like any of you, if you put your mind to something, you could do it. Like for me, I'm building my YouTube channel. I want every one of you, uh, one of you tonight to smash the subscribe button. I don't want you to press it. I want you to smash it. It's my focus right now. Do what? Can I do it? A hundred percent. It's going to grow and it's going to grow. And it's going to grow. And it's going to grow. Does that make it my purpose? No, nah, but I have to check it with the truth. And so that truth is that I'm awesome, separate myself from my accomplishments. I'm beautiful. I don't need to compare myself to anybody and I can do anything, but just because I could do it doesn't make it my purpose. And so when you're steeped in that truth over and over and over again, and this is, I, I can't take any credit for it. It's my parents. When you're steeped in that, then it gives you confidence, right? And then when someone says, no, all I hear is not yet. That's all I hear. Like, no, not yet. So I, people, I am the most, again, most optimistic guy in the world. I really, truly believe that Oprah's going to call me every day. Every day. I'm thinking, I'm by my phone, I'll pick it, and I'm like, could that be Oprah? And then when she doesn't call, I'm like, she was busy. Stedman had some stuff. She's doing the, you know, doing a lot of touring, all the stuff. And what that, and I wake up the next day and I'm like, she's going to call. She's going to call. But what my mom, what my, my wife keeps telling me is just like my dad mowing mom. lawns. My, my, my wife tells me this all the time. I keep thinking, oh man, Oprah's going to call. It's going to be the big break. And my wife grounds my butt, just like my dad did. He grounded me with having me mow lawns, but she grounds me and saying, dummy, it's not going to be a big break. It's going to be little stage, little stage, little stage, little stage, little stage, medium stage, medium stage, medium stage, medium stage, medium stage, medium stage, larger stage, larger stage, larger stage, huge stage. And that's the blink that Louisa was talking about. Because most of the people aren't gonna see the little stage. They're gonna see me speaking to 12 people. But they're definitely gonna see me when I speak to 100,000. And they're gonna be like, oh man. But, 
I could tell you I'm going to do the 100,000 exactly like I knocked on the door and said, would you like your lawn mowed? <laughs> I, I want to know every single day that if I give myself permission to try, which I don't, I didn't do that. My parents did. My parents did that over and over again. They constantly told me that everything was going to be okay as long as we had love. And what I find is that, uh, you know, most of the time your mess, like the mess that you make in your life is going to be the awesome thing. The plans that we have and the resolutions that you make, most likely, and this may sound bad, it's not inspiring, <laughs> your plans ain't going to work out. I could probably tell you like, you know, Dylan, your idea of exactly your marriage with Heather, if you guys are married or your relationship or however long you've been together, I could tell you when you went on your first date and you were like, oh, stars in your eyes and you don't do all this stuff. It didn't work out exactly like you planned it, but it worked out and it's beautiful and allow the beauty to happen. And I'm not saying your marriage is not perfect, but I could probably say it isn't because I've got a marriage and I love my wife, but it ain't perfect. But what the, the attitude that we take into that situation is going to end up being the result. And I, I could tell you this, that it's not going to be your plan. It's going to be all the garbage along the way that's generally going to become the awesome thing that everyone's like, man, that was amazing. You know how I got on Forbes? I lost my job. Like, I lost my job and I needed to do something else. I lost my company. COVID happened. Bam, just all gone. Like one day. And I said, like, I'd love to be in, in Forbes and the opportunities, you know, and we've got to be open to them. So long, long uh, answer to a short question. I am always so blown away with the way you share because it really opens up a million other questions for me. But <laughs> let's, let's kind of touch on, you know, people get divorced, people lose their money, people's businesses. When I didn't like as a hairdresser, three point eight million dollars a year is like a lot of freaking money for for a hairdresser right like you're like hey i'm gonna go do hair and now you're making money that hairdressers don't dream I, at least i didn't as a hairdresser i do it in other areas but i didn't as a hairdresser so what one how do you have the mindset to build that let's start there like how do you get to that well, I think that <laughs> I'm an expert in three figures. <laughs> Everyone talks about like, let me get you to seven, eight, 10. I'll get you to three, right? I'll get you to three figures. And if you add up a bunch of three figures together, you could get a million. I'll tell you how to do it, okay? So it, it, as a hairdresser, it's just simple math. If you work an eight hour a day, you produce $100 an hour. Eight hours times 100 bucks is 800 bucks. 800 bucks times four, uh, five days in a week is 4,000. 4,000 cut in half because your profit, like as a hairdresser, is generally going to be about 50% of what you make. So that uh, 4,000 cut in half is 2,000. 2,000 times 50 weeks in a year is 100,000. If I have 10 hairdressers, I make a million dollars. Does this make sense? Absolutely. I've never okay. even thought of it that way. So the way that I did it, though, was systematic. So for me, <clears throat> I wanted everything to be super systematic, right? Because I, I got frustrated because I remember, um, you know, not everyone grew up like I grew up. Not everyone grew up with tons of encouragement. Now, we didn't grow up in a perfect family. Parents were fighting. You know, my dad was Mexican. My mom was white from Utah. You can imagine like, you know, like in a Mexican family, it's like if you fight, like seriously fight, and then you come back together, you're like, damn, we're in love. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the way a Mexican family works. And 
So or, or, yeah, I see you laughing there. Fatima, Fatima's like shaking her head, like, yeah, yeah, he knows, right? <laughs> were you in my family? Yes. I mean, we're probably family. Um, so I, I want you to realize those for me, I wanted to be able to have predictable results. And most hairdressers don't do this because most hairdressers are emotional people. Most entrepreneurs are emotional people when they get into their business. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take the emotion out and I'll just show you a quick one, right? So um, what I did is I wanted to take every single emotion out of every single hairdresser that, that worked with me. So every hairdresser, especially, you know, for early on, every hairdresser was super emotional about cutting. So if their dog died that day, they weren't good at haircutting because that's what they're focused on. Or if they're, uh, you know, you, you all know if you've gone to a hairdresser, you're going to get good and then you're going to get bad and you're going to get medium and you don't know what you're getting. It's like shaking the dice. It's like craps. Is this person feeling good today? <laughs> you know, have they done self-care? All that. And I wanted to take all that crap out of the way and I wanted to be able to create a consistency no matter where you went. So first thing was, was in tools because most hairdressers use 50,000 different pairs of scissors, but they have no idea what they're made for. And they just bought them because the shear guy said, you should buy these, these are perfect. And they don't know what to do with them. So they have 50,000 pairs of scissors. They always use a different technique for every guest that comes in. And depending on their feeling, that's what they create. So what I created is a cutting system that said, there's only four pairs of scissors. That's a straight one. That's uh, the 20s, it takes away 20%. That's a 50, it takes away 50%. And that's a 70, it takes away 70%. So the reason why I did this is number one, for the physical aspect of hairdressers, I created the, the, um, the, uh, all the handles to be exactly the same. So all of them are exactly the same. So they fit. So the, the fatigue on a hairdresser doesn't go into their arm, into here, and then into their shoulder and they start feeling pain. Because as soon as you start feeling pain in your shoulder, then it goes to your back and you only got one of those. And when your back starts hurting, then you're emotional, right? And so I want to take the emotion out of this. So then what I did is I said, I, I created a situation where there was number one was behind the chair. Number two was on the left-hand side when you were standing behind the guest. Number three was on the right-hand side when I was standing behind the guest. Now the hairdresser has four tools to work with. They only have three places to stand. They only have three elevations, which is low, medium, and high. And they each create something different. And I explained that to them. And then there's only four places uh, of reference on the face, the eyes, the nose, the lips, the chin, and a little bit below. And every woman on this call, I know, I, I don't care who you are, like wherever you're at, and I'll tell, I'm going to name you off. So if I look at Mel, I can see your hair. It, I mean, I would know exactly where to stand. And with Heather, your hair is tied back, but that means that it's longer than your chin length. So I know exactly where I was going to stand when I was cutting the left-hand side of your head. Okay. I would stand on the right-hand side of your head, make it cross the street, make it travel the further and further it traveled, the longer and longer it became. And I would be able to have a predictable result every single time. And then we created that and, and put it all over the country. So now you weren't based off the emotional side of the hairdresser. We could replicate and make sure that you're just like your color formula. We could transfer that onto another hairdresser. And now you as a guest became dependent on the salon as opposed to the hairdresser. And I could tell you this for hairdressers, I saw it. we were emotional people. We had the tendency, I don't know, we should just be a part of uh, a band of, uh, um, uh, you know, 
uh, what, 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 like gypsies because we constantly want to change salons all the time, which is the dumbest thing in the world because then our clients are all, you know, like, yes, I want to follow you, but I have to drive down the street. This sucks. Now I don't know the environment. And I have people shaking their head because honestly, like as a man or as a woman, you don't want to have to deal with the person's garbage. When I go buy my groceries, I don't have to deal with anybody's garbage. I don't have to deal with their emotional state. They're selling me the, the groceries. But this is the only multi-billion dollar industry that we're allowed to give inconsistent service based off of our emotions and not be able to have predictable results every time. So that's what we did. And we did it very systematically. <laughs> and the whole company used these. And what we did is we logoed them, right? And I created a revenue stream inside my company because every single person inside my company had to use the scissors and they had a cutting system. So they had to buy the scissors, right? So I built anything that we consumed, we wanted to produce. And so what happened was, is when we started doing this and we started having predictable results, we were able to take a kid from uh, minimum wage to six figures down to a four-day work week. And we were able to do that in uh, the earliest we did it in our company was three and a half years. And then when, uh, when we polished it, we got it down to a year and a half. And the quickest we did it was from minimum wage to six figures on a four-day work week. And that girl started at minimum wage a year and a half before when she started with us. Two years before she started with us, she was homeless sleeping in her car. So what I want you to realize is when I'm talking about the professional beauty industry, I'm not trying to get you to sell salons or work in the professional beauty industry. I don't even anymore. But what I want you to realize is that most of the time, there's so much things left on the table because we're not willing to systemize and look at the pain points and the friction points for the guest and for the team. And when we do that, and systematically, like in our lives, there are so many things that systematically we can remove the friction points. But a lot of times we don't take the time to be able to look at, like, I didn't think that I was going to create scissors. I just got pissed off because everybody was borrowing mine. And then I thought one day, what if I created a set of scissors that everyone used the exact same ones? No one would borrow anybody else's. And then we created the system behind it. And the reason why is because I got frustrated. I was teaching a class, true story, I'm teaching a class, and I show this girl how to blow dry. I'm doing it. And it's like this. And I show her. And I'm like, just do it like this. She stands up in, in true hairdresser form. As opposed to doing exactly what works, she does what she feels. And I told her again. And then I told her again. And then I told her again. And then I went back to what my pops told me. The thing that we fail at the most and work at the least in business and in life is communication. And see, I wasn't truly communicating with that girl. I was just speaking words. But I wasn't speaking them in her language. So then I had to dumb it down and I got so frustrated. I got so mad because I had my plan. And then there was all this crap that was happening. And I was so frustrated. And I said, look, do it like this. And she, for the last time, and I was so frustrated. And I said, look, one to one, two to one, three to one. And she looked at me and she's like, ah. Oh. And I said, one is the roots. Two is the mid shaft. Three is the ends, and you just named the hair all the way through. And every woman has it. Roots, mid-shaft, ends. And I went one, back to one. Two, back to one. Three, back to one. And then we built our whole company on it. 
And we built our, our company systematically to where ask yourself in your company, in your organization, or even in your goal that you're working on now, if your system, it's only a system that's written down, if your system couldn't be handed on paper or in video to a four-year-old and then be able to accomplish it at the level that you're doing it, then your system isn't tight enough. I remember hearing that and that blew my mind. I, I literally remember hearing that in an interview with you and I was like, oh my God, because how am I the only person who just like skims through something and goes, yeah, didn't get it or I did get it and it had to be like if it was written like a four-year-old, I would have been like, oh, got it. But if it was like really detailed, Chuck, all right, let me figure this out. <laughs> well, and uh, Louisa, we have to look at it today as you know, if you're if you're building a a, a company or building a, a you know a mastermind or you're building whatever, in today's you got to look at your audience, right? So I look at my audience right now and I look at you guys, which are all beautiful. And Lori, again, thank you for being here. Hopefully, you're getting some value out of this, Lori. I love you, and I can't wait to have you at the hideout. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. Um, but when I look at you, I probably wouldn't teach you through. TikTok or through um, a cap cut. And when I say cap cut, the reason why, because my 11 year old at home right now is doing cap cut and making some of the craziest edits that you've ever seen in your life. And he's 11 years old. But when I say cap cut, raise your hand if you use cap cut on a normal day. Exactly. Some of you watch TikTok but most likely you're not spending hours on it unless you're my wife. The reason why I say this is because you got to speak in the language of the audience that you're working with. So when we go systematically for you guys, an email could work well, a Facebook group could work well, a mastermind could work well, but that's not going to work for my 11-year-old. And so when you know your audience of where you're, what, what you're trying to accomplish, then you learn the communication level and the language that they speak. And so when you're doing your systems, for us, what we did is we did pictures because some people were picture people. We did the text right next to it. And then we started doing videos with a QR code that you could scan and it showed, and I'm talking about like the coffee area. So if you went to the coffee area, my biggest excuse and my son's biggest excuse right now at 11 years old, you know what it is? I didn't clean my room because I don't know where everything goes, dad. So what we did for him is we put his room in place, videoed it, created a QR code, had him scan the QR code, and then it showed, hey, Maddox, it's dad. I'm in your clean room. This is how your bed looks. This is how your toys look. This is what you should be doing. And you should also tell your dad you love him because he's really, really cool. I love you, Maddox. And it becomes the system. Now, will that work for 35 to 45-year-olds with that same tone? Probably not because you're going to be like, you don't work at Disney and you're not like a Disney princess. So why are you talking to me that way? So understanding the language and then being able to communicate that. And so some people use Slack, some people use Facebook groups, some people use text groups, some people use masterminds, but find out what your team is and then communicate to them in their language and make sure, and I swear, and this wasn't because I was good. This is because I absolutely sucked. And my dad had four months off when I first started my company and he had four months off. So he'd just hang out all the time. 
And he was just around and he was like, Kelly, what do you do? And I was like, I cut hair. He's like, no, what do you do? And if you have a dad like this, you know, like but my dad would be like this. He'd be like, boy, he called me boy. Say, boy, what do you do? I'll be like, I cut hair. No, what do you do? Be like, I, I, I cut hair. No, boy, what do you do? And I was like, okay, dad, after the third time, you know what I do. So you're, you're trying to trick me here. And I was like, and he's like, what do you do when you get to work? I was like, I get out of the car. Which way do you turn the handle? Down? Write it down, son. Okay, when you get out of your car, where do you go? I go to the door. What do you do? Turn the handle, dad? Which way does it go? Left or right? Left. Okay. When you open up, what do you have to do? Well, dad, the lights are off. Write it down. I have to turn off the alarm, write it down. I have to turn on the stereo, write it down. And so we wrote it down. So no matter what it was, we could replicate it at all times. And we just systematically put it in. And then we said to every single person in the company, none of these rules are set in stone. They're all a list of the screw-ups that we do. So we invite you to screw up as long as you're willing to write them down. They'll become the next rules as long as the next time that you onboard someone, you let them know and give them the freedom to screw up every single time as long as they're willing to write it down because that becomes the new culture. And the culture was able to build because it was living, breathing, and it was built by the people. And my dad always taught me this, that if you want to truly grow a successful business, Stop focusing on the business and build the people. And when you build the people, the people will build the business. And it's probably one of the hardest things to do. What, like, how do you set your emotional space? Because I know you're being a parent, being married, life finances. Sometimes I could get anxious how do you shift that space in order to show up powerfully for each person even when you're having a moment of feeling anxious so anxiety is living in the future depression is living in the past and once we realize that like the antidote for depression right the antidote is to be exactly present where you're at right now and to realize that where you're living right now although it sucks ass and this happens, seriously, because some of you right now, your life sucks, right? There's some areas in your life that it sucks. And we all are in that place. But realize that even if it sucked, if we looked back five years ago, you, you would be like, this was my dream. Yeah. And I had it happen day to day. So depression, past, anxiety, future. Present equals joy. Right? Right. And so if I can be present, and it is a cliche kind of thing, but like, it's just one word. And Lori's heard me say it before, and it fixes everything in the world. You guys want one word that'll fix every challenge in your whole entire life and in your business and, you know, make you successful in everything you do. <laughs> you guys ready for it? Shit. Like it, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> There's nothing that you can do about your circumstances. Like, you know. Today, I bombed, like bombed, like it was horrible. But yesterday I was on top of the world. It took me into today. It sucked. Now, Oprah's calling tomorrow though. So like, and when I wake up, Oprah's calling, she's coming. 
And if you can give yourself the permission, like what I was talking about earlier, if you could give yourself the permission, if you have two arms or even one, you could put them like this, put your shoulders and say, like my mom said, shit, like maybe that opportunity wasn't for you right now because maybe you're not prepared for it. It's better for you not to get the opportunity if you're not prepared, because if, it, if you got it and you sucked at it, then maybe you lose that opportunity in the future. But I believe that God is big enough where he knows, like he knows what you're ready for. And obviously he's been showing me that I'm not ready for Oprah right now. <laughs> but I'm ready tomorrow. Tomorrow is, tomorrow is my day. We're going to air this on Oprah, by the way. As soon as you're on there, this is going on <laughs> Oprah and we're all going to be on it together because this is <laughs> happening right now. And then you're going to be on Oprah and it's going to be like, see what, see how we held space for you, Kelly? Somehow it's all about how we did it, right? <laughs> well, and um, I think, I think uh, Louisa may, uh, you know, to, to wrap that part up is honestly, like, give yourself some grace. Like, give yourself some grace. It's the place that you give it to everybody else. Every one of you gives grace to every single other person in your life. You have forgiveness. But a lot of times we beat the hell out of ourselves. And if you were to see your child in the parking lot right now, you went outside and one of your children, every one of us can understand this. If you saw your child and someone had a baseball bat and was beating the hell out of your child, what would you do? You would commit murder. But how do you think God looks at when you're beating the hell out of yourself and you're his child? And so for me, when we deal with those things, and it doesn't mean that I don't deal with them. I mean, these are crazy. Like, you know, I went through a time where, you know, my, I've, I've, I told Lori about this, but, you know, my, my daughter at 11 years old sent a text to her best friend's mom or to her best friend and her best friend's mom got the text and sent it to me. And I was six hours away from my house. And the text said, you know, if this is the last time that I see you, I just want you to know that I love you. And you know what that text means. And so when an 11-year-old is talking about taking her own life and I'm six hours away, there's nothing that I could do. I get in the car, I've, I put her on the phone and I got home that six-hour trip in three hours, but I had to stay, I mean, I had to go back to the fact that, you know, I'm exactly where I need to be, exactly where I need to be at the exact time. And if I needed to be someplace else, then God would have me in that place. And when you start resting in that, it's amazing because things start to slow down and they come to you as opposed to you chasing them. That has been a beautiful space for me because I do remember interviewing somebody's, um, my one of my coach's mother, she's in her 70s and she raised three children by herself. And I said, weren't you afraid? And you would think I like said to her something absolutely crazy because it didn't even occur to her to be afraid. Like it did not freaking occur to her to be afraid. And I thought, wow, there's people really who are able to do certain things where they, it doesn't occur to them to be afraid. And I thought, well, if she could do it, I could do it. That's one of my most favorite lines. If you could do it, I could do it. Because if you show me it, that it is possible and someone like Kelly is a super badass and everyone in here is super badass too, because all of you guys do things that show all of us that it's possible. And that's what where I love masterminds because when I see that like someone else is excited, you get to ride that energy. So I do, sometimes I, I I literally have all of this because I get to ride all of the energy. And I know I could literally, as I said to you, I'm moving in with you and your wife because I have 4 million questions <laughs> for y'all. But I'm going to um, allow everyone else an opportunity to have this love affair with you too. And we, <laughs> we definitely want to know all about the hideout 
and everything you're up to. So please, um, who wants to start off with asking questions, but we are definitely creating room and hold, and, and anytime you want to share about the hideout and an answer, it sounds yeah. wonderful too. Who no wants problem. to go first? I see Glenn. Yay. I'm so proud of you for raising your hand. I'm extra excited you're going first right now. Hello, Glenn. Sure. Yeah, let me just unmute myself. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kelly. Um, what up, Glenn? All good, all good, Kelly. I love your energy. We never met before, but uh, this is awesome. Just you know, watching you, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm charging up. <laughs> awesome, hey, man. Uh, you you mentioned something. You mentioned you were talking about earlier um, about you said something like um, um, being the thing that you're good at is not necessarily your calling. So. Um, uh, how do you tap into your calling? What's um, what's the what's the process? How do you find? How did you find yours? I think it's a, a real simple process, and it's just to ask the question like, "What are you gifted at?" And I'll ask you that, Glenn. Like, what do you do? What can you do that it takes no energy at all to do? Like, you, when you pick it up, you just bang, bang, bang. It happens. Well, I have a several several things like that. I have a few. What, what are they? Uh, well, I'm good at teaching. I'm good at explaining things to other people. Okay. Um, I um, I love kite surfing. Got it. It's a sport. I love skiing. Okay. Um, not what I, you love. Not what you love. What you could just. What you just innately. You just pick up, and it's just natural to you. Well, I think those things are. Okay. I so, mean, it might have taken some time to develop it, but uh, at this point, yeah, those are the things. So I, I mean, the 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 teaching aspect of it is uh, is. Is awesome, right? So it might be, um, and I would explore this. Um, you know, it might be that your purpose is to teach. Now, it, if you could mix the two, right? So if you could learn to like be high level and teach skiing, I mean, would that bring joy to your heart? And you would be able to be. Now, sometimes things are meant to just be your hobby because once they become your business, then they're not as joyful anymore. And so right. beware. So beware of this. Um, but what I would say is you identify your, uh, your, your gifts, right. And I would sit in them and the way that I do it every single morning, um, I go to the beach and I sit for probably at least an hour. Um, I would read Proverbs first, the corresponding proverb, corresponding day. So I want to fill myself with truth and then I write. And so I just dump my brain and I dump my brain three pages. Um, so I do that and then I'll write a letter to my daughter, to a letter to my son and a letter, letter to my uh, wife in a journal. Okay. So in that time, it's all silent, but as the oceans come in, it's kind of cool, you know, yada, yada. So what I would say is take a little bit of time and writing. Do you write in the morning? No. Not yet. Okay. Glenn, this will change your life. So tomorrow and Lori, I don't know if you've done your 21 pages, but I'm, I'm assuming that you have because I love you and I believe in you. Commit for the next seven days, write three pages every single day and be um, non-judgmental on yourself what you write. Roll out of bed and just start writing. Don't think about who's going to write it or read it, anything like that, but just write. And what you'll find is you'll start to dump out all the ideas in your head and all the emotional things. And when you ask a question and you're silent and you write it, if you're the only person that can answer it. <laughs> and things start to become so clear. So Find your gifts, right? The way you find your gifts is by sitting, writing three pages a day and, and get clear. Then what'll happen is to go give your gifts away to every single person that you possibly can. Hmm. And when that happens, magic will happen. 
because you'll give away your ed say, and I'm just going to say, let's say that you got clear and you said education is my thing and educating on snowboard or snowmobiling or snowboarding or, or skiing or whatever it was is my thing. That's yeah. it. Go to Big Bear and give it away every single chance that you can. Now, don't go up to a random child, you know, because this would be weird. Some dude roll up on a small child and be like, hey, I'm going to give away my lessons. Talk to the parents. Hey, I see that you guys are working on it. I would love to work with your child. I'd like to work with your whole family. Just like to do it out of the kindness of my heart. Do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And guess what will start to happen? Magic. It's three things that, that, that you want to write down. Number one, be kind. So you be of contribution to everyone, meaning give away your gifts to every single person. Number two, make a ton of friends. Every one of you is going to be my friend. Why? Because you're going to smash the, the subscribe button on YouTube. At some point, we're going to put the link in there and you're going to do it. You're going to smash it. And when you smash it, you're going to be like, I'm Kelly's friend for the rest of my life. And then the third one, stay really, really curious about your friends. Okay. And I'll tell you like this. When I met Lori, I also made a, met a guy named Sean Finnegan. Sean Finnegan asked me a question. I was curious about him. So I asked him some questions. Sean Finnegan and I became friends. Sean Finnegan introduced me to uh, a guy named uh, Roger tonight. I texted him and I said, do I need to know this guy named Roger? He texted me back. I know Roger. I think Roger's really cool. You should know him. Hey, Kelly, I'll introduce you in a text with Roger. Roger responds back, if any friend of Sean's is a friend of mine, hey, Kelly, I'd like to have you on my podcast. I said, cool, I'd like, uh, I'm gonna force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. I'd like you to have be on my podcast. So bang, right? But it happens because we were kind first. Like I know my gifts. Like my gift is to, I can identify what other people are good at and then I allow them to do it around me all the time. That's some, I have like three gifts. That's the first one. I don't know the other two, but I'll figure them out at some point in my life. But I keep giving it away. And you know what starts to happen? Magic. Glenn, you got magic in you. Your audience is already there. They're already assembled. They're sitting in the arena. They're just waiting for Glenn to show up. Not what you think Glenn should be, but just what Glenn is. And you were gifted, made unique. And once you start tapping into that, magic. But it's not like, this is the way that my mind thinks. So it's more like the way that my wife thinks. I think magic, Oprah, tomorrow. My wife is like, <laughs> wake up in the morning. <laughs> It's to school. Take them. Do the dishes. Pick the kids up from school. In my mind, I'm like, Oprah. Oprah. He's like, take out the trash. And I can tell you, it's going to be like my wife. You're going to take out the trash. You're going to do, do the things and make sure. Are you married, Glenn? No. Okay. Uh, you're in a relationship? Yeah. Okay, so love the person that you're in the relationship with and honor them at the highest level because people are gonna that you don't know that are watching are watching. And so when you're giving away your gifts to the world, you better make sure that all the stuff at home is on the highest level and you're contri contributing at the highest level. And then that way, when that opportunity comes, because people look at your character more than they look at your accomplishments, they'll be like, Glenn is the man. He is loving everyone in his life, not just the people who can get him stuff.
And then people start saying, Glenn, can you do this for me? Glenn, can you do this for me? Okay. Can I tell one quick story? Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. So Lori Baker. I met Lori Baker because a guy named Gary Spellman. Gary Spellman has been my friend for like 20 years. Gary Spellman was inviting me to an event for seven years before I went. It was a motorcycle event. I was like, ah, I don't ride motorcycles. Finally go. My wife gets me a motorcycle license. I finally go. I show up. I happen to be one of 45 people at John Paul, the guy with the ponytail that made uh, um, uh, Paul Mitchell. I end up at his birthday party. Gary that is inviting me to this motorcycle ride. It was JP's birthday. It's only 45 people. John Paul at the time when he became a billionaire was one of only 300 billionaires in the world. Also sold Patron for 5.4 billion. But I'm at his birthday party, not because I'm the man, but because Gary kept asking me. And then I went. So I show up there and then I there for a couple of years. And then I meet this woman. She says, hey, do you want some more fries? I said, yes. I didn't know who she was. And then she starts talking about the Sopranos and she starts talking about all this stuff. I'm like, wow, this woman is amazing. What's your name? My name is Lori. Cool. I'm my, my name is Kelly. I'm gonna be your friend for the rest of your life. So I meet Lori. Fast forward, Lori needs her hair done. I'm in Carlsbad. I'm going up to LA. So I uh, say, I'm, uh, she lives in uh, Orange County. So I said, I could stop in Orange County and then go on to LA and stop, do your hair in the morning and then go. But the only time that I could do it is six in the morning, which means I have to wake up at five. So I wake up at five. I drive to her house. I get to her house. I'm dressed in black. She's got a dog that sheds and it's jumping all over me. And I'm thinking, oh, this sucks because it's hey, dog hair. And I'm going to another meeting in, uh, in Santa Monica. So I do her hair, got the dog hair all over me, get out in the car. She's happy. I'm happy. She's going to take um, um, uh, Rick Allen, the drummer from Def Leppard. I'm doing two hands, but he only got one. And she's taking him to the Forbes convention in Miami because she used to be, <laughs> I didn't know this until we talked that day. She was the uh, uh, one of the executive, uh, the top level executive with Forbes magazine for years and years. And she was taking Rick Allen, the guy from Def Leppard, to there so he could speak. I'm just hanging with her and she's talking about this like it's normal. It's not normal in my life. But I got the dog hair on me. I'm pissed. I get out in the car. I go to shake up a protein shake. Now, I'm not this guy. But when I drink a protein shake, I think that I'm doing a good thing. Doesn't do anything to my body. You're a fit guy, Glenn. You probably drink protein shakes and then do burpees and it works out. I drink protein shakes because I think that if I do that, maybe it'll you know make up for the fact that I don't work out. But I go to shake the thing. As I shake it, I didn't realize that I had cracked the lid and it goes all over me. So I got dog hair on me and the shake on me. It's eight o'clock in the morning, Glenn. I'm pissed. I got up at six o'clock in the morning for this crap. And then I'm thinking in my head, my dad told me I needed to have the right attitude. And if I had the right attitude, I could get into anywhere. And if I was kind and contributed to people and then I made friends, then I stay curious, everything will work out. So I go back into that place and I start laughing and I turn my jacket inside out. And the reason why is because I grew up without the things that other people had and I had to make my own style. So I knew if I walked in, my jacket was inside out, people would be like, oh, wow, is that the new cool style? No, it's not. I just put a shake on my uh, thing, but it's all in my attitude and the way that I saw it. So I drive up to uh, Santa Monica. I'm kind of mad. Then I get there and there's no parking. And I'm like, oh, dog hair, shake on me, jacket inside out, no parking. I just need to go home. But I roll in. When I roll in, Sylvia's there. Sylvia's a friend of mine. 
I met her because uh, my daughter was a big Kids Bop fan. We took my daughter to Kids Bop and uh, she had the, her favorite Kids Bop kid. Well, I saw him dancing and then I saw a bunch of people, some adults in the crowd and they were cheering for that kid every time he did a solo. And I thought, wow, that must be his parents. So I went up to him afterwards. I said, I'm going to force you to be my friend because my daughter really likes your son. Because I wanted my daughter to meet her favorite pop star so she would have no idols in her life. She would only have icons and idols uh, are things that you worship. And I didn't want her worshiping any person. That was just a kid who was in line with this purpose. So Sylvia, years later, after we become friends, because I forced her to be so my daughter could meet her favorite pop star, she's the one that invited me to Santa Monica. But now I got dog hair on me. I got the shake on me. I can't park. And it's all Sylvia's fault. And I roll in, sit down, they do a pitch. It's called Fame Cast. They do a pitch for me, 360 around uh, personalities and how they monetize you and do brand stuff and all this stuff. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, we're going to have some TikTok people come in because it's a TikTok studio. I said, cool. They said, can you uh, move some chairs? I was like, I went back to my dad. Am I here in this morning driving all this way with all the things I went through and I'm here to move some damn chairs. I thought in my mom, my dad's head, if you're too big to do the little things, you're too little to do the big ones. Of course, Sylvia, I'll move the chairs. She says, you did so good at the chairs. Can you move the lights? <laughs> of course. And as I turn around, no lie, Glenn, as I turn around with the last light and I set it down and I've got that, I don't know about you, but I was a little bit like dog hair, like shake. I was, Ugh. I turn around, in walks Paul Abdul. I don't know about you, but Paul Abdul is the biggest pop star in the world when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And Paul Abdul walks in. It's not her handler. It's just Paul Abdul. So she walks in, and they're just like, hey, Paula. And I, I was like, my name is Kelly. I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. And Paula laughed, and we joked. And then they started filming some stuff. And they said, Kelly, do you have a – they said, hey, do you have a stand for the phone? And I was like – and I act like I worked there. I was like, stand, stand, somebody stand. I'd turn into the producer. And then I set the stand down and they put the uh, camera and then they said, Kelly, can you push record? Of course. So I went into director mode and then I looked at what she was doing and it wasn't that funny. They were doing a TikTok video. It wasn't that funny. And I looked at her and I said, Paula, this would be funnier. So she did it and mm -hmm. everybody laughed. And she was so excited. She was like, wow, thank you so much. Then we went to the next scene. And she was like, can we not use the thing? Can you just hold the camera? Can you do it? So I spent four hours directing and filming Paul Abdul. Not because I'm good. Not because I'm qualified. Not because I'm a producer or a film editor. It's just because I was there and present in that moment. And what I could tell you this, Glenn, you have gifts. If you give them away, you'll end up – and I got a call back from the choreographer. He uh, does choreography for like Nicki Minaj and all the stuff, and I got a call back from him afterwards. He's like, hey, do you work with Sylvia all the time? And I'm thinking, never. And he's like, yeah, because I'd like to work with you in the future. He thinks that I'm a filmer and producer, and I edit and do all that stuff, and I don't. But I will for Paula Abdul whenever she calls. Glenn, you have gifts. It's unique to you. And when you identify them, then you go give them away. Magic, magic, magic. But most of the time, the magic will be taken out the trash. I hear you. It's a nice story. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. You got it, man. Three pages, brother. Three pages change your life. David Reed. What up, David? Yes. I, hey, Kelly. Um, you know, it's it's 
it's not really a question. It was something I, I listened to a podcast, and it's actually the name of your podcast, but I listened to a podcast of you about a year ago, and I've literally used it as a trick when I've had little issues, when I've come up against my little barriers, but basically, you know, attitude determining your altitude. I've, I've just, I've hung on to that for literally a year, and I love it so much. And it's just my little mantra when I'm not in the place that I want to be. And I, and I can't thank you enough for it. So it's not really a question. It's just really something I needed to share with you. And then something you mentioned today, and you just kind of touched on it, that whole, that whole story was basically a demonstration of that to some extent where you're talking, you have the right attitude and that altitude, you know, that's going to determine something um, higher for you down the road. But also about when you, about the company, because I was working for a law firm for many, many years. And the law firm was basically, um, for it was basically ruled by fear and intimidation the, 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 and i was in the inner circle of that law firm from the from the from the people that ran it and it was a scary place to work we were petrified but the firm somehow got to be one of the biggest firms in the country in what it did and i've watched and now i'm not there anymore i haven't been there in 10 years but watching that firm implode because of how they treated people and how they did not build up people and make people better and now that firm has basically gone from one of the biggest firms in the country to one of the not not so biggest and kind of insignificant law firms. And it was just a beautiful example of it. And I have to catch myself because I, for a long time, was actually in charge of people. And I have learned that you do need to, you know, make people, enroll people, make them better. And it will, it will ensure your success. And I just need to remember that all the time now. And I'm working for another law firm that actually kind of now does that does a really good job of that so thank you for sharing that it's just another lesson i need to learn or yeah. remember to, to to learn well thank so. you thank you for that and I, I tell you if you if you have a pen just write down like 99 percent of failure in uh companies in uh organizations and with people is systems right mm -hmm. it's the systems and most of the time we could track the systems back to culture yeah, and, yeah definitely. And that, that that culture once you once you lock into it, it it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. But I love attitude determining your altitude. It's my favorite. It's my favorite three words in that order for right now. So and maybe for you know for a while. Thank you again. I love that, Fatima. I was so excited your hand went back up. I was like, where did your hands go? I love my girl. <laughs> Aww. Oh my gosh, Kelly, I just want to say like, I am so, I'm just like in love with you right now. Everything that you've said resonates. And I, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and I, I mean, just the way, like, it sounds like your parents were a big influence in the person that you are right now. And that's like, it really resonated with me because I'm in that space right now with my kids. Like, how do I show up for them? You know, how do I encourage them and and even in hard times right but anyway that was not the question just gonna say like you have a true follower here but my question is this um i am a photographer and recently the one thing that has really come you know that has been um really important for me is systems um i my my photography business it i pivoted two years ago to branding and so i I, um, I'm still in like people, I guess I can say, or honestly say it's not where I want it to be right now. And I know in my heart it's because of systems. But when I heard that podcast about your systems and how they work, 
it just validated how important systems are to have. My thing is like the way you talk about systems and how they work when you have employees, how does that look like when you don't have employees? Like, you know, I ha like I've created the, the client experience, but like, can you give me advice on how that would play out when it's just a solopreneur? So uh, I think the one of the biggest challenges with solopreneurs is number one, um, I, and I don't think this is a challenge, but we wear all the hats. So sometimes you're the doctor, sometimes you're the lawyer, sometimes you're the train conductor, you know, sometimes you're the Uber driver, whatever it is. Um, so where I want to encourage you is number one is none of the people on the call and including myself, none of us are exactly where we want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Yeah. So that's to start off. Number two is allow your company to become your employer. This is where solopreneurs, what I find is where they fail. Okay. So when I first started my company, it was just me, but I changed one word and it changed everything. So write down, if you got a pen, write down, change a word, change a result. So what I did is everywhere that I went, I was the only person in the company. Everywhere that I went, I never spoke in I, I always spoke in we, and it confused the hell out of people. But I knew in my heart at some point we're going to be we, and they were like, wow. And it made the thing because then if I said we do X, I was now an employee of the company and I was held to the systems in the company and I had to be held accountable by the systems in the company. But write this down. It's not a system unless it's written down. And most solopreneurs do it like this. My office is messy, but I know where everything's at. I got the system, but it's all in my head. It's like my grandma. My grandmama was uh, Mexican and she made some tortillas that would, Fatima, you would want to marry a brother. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was on, but she didn't have a recipe. She would throw a little bit of this. And if you have a brown grandma, you know what I'm talking about. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, splash of that. And it just poof, it just happens. This is what solopreneurs do. Write the recipe down. There's no way on earth, no way, that if I make a cake with the same ingredients and follow the exact instructions, there is no way that you can follow the instructions with the same exact ingredients and get a different result. There's no way. But we can if we're emotional. Mm, it says two eggs. I'm Fatima. You don't know how I bake. I only need a half an egg. And you know what? I don't even need an egg. Eggs are for chumps. I don't need that. But I tell you, if you do this, and when I did this with the podcast, right? So when I started the podcast, started all on my own. We have the quickest to market in the whole entire industry. Meaning that Fatima, if I have you on my podcast, which I would like you to all subscribe to, mash yes. the button. I will smash the okay. button. Do it on Apple, do it on Spotify, <laughs> every damn one. <laughs> okay, but here we go. If you and I were on the podcast together, mm -hmm. from the time that we recorded, number one, you would be live on YouTube immediately, meaning it would be uploading to YouTube simultaneously and it's edited in real time. Okay, okay. that's number one. Within 45 minutes of us getting off the phone, you will have three social clips ready for social media for you that's cut out of sound bites that you said. 
-hmm. you will be up on 10 platforms and those links will be sent to you and the link to the Dropbox will be sent to you. But the only way that I can do that is because it's a system and it's written down. Mm. So what I would encourage you to do is don't become overwhelmed. My dad would always say this. He would always be, boy, how do you eat an elephant? I was like, dad, he said this is a hundred million times. Same way you eat a chicken. But listen to my son, uh, friend, Sean Finnegan, that's talked to me tonight. We were talking about, I said, I'm going to do, because we're going we're gonna to do this. Lori, you're going to love this. And Louise, you're going to love it. So we're going to do a, 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 a live podcast tour where I'm going to take all of your favorite speakers and personalities, and you're not going to hear them give a keynote. You're going to hear them get grilled live, just like a David Letterman would. And they're going to be on stage and they're not going to be prepared with any of the questions. And you're going to get to know your heroes in that realm. That makes sense? And I was talking to Sean about this. I was like, yeah, because we talked about it tonight. And he's like, but first, let's break the ice. So we're going to do the first one in Salt Lake. And in my mind, I was thinking, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. And he was like, take out the track. So what I invite you to do is take one thing that you do, one mm -hmm. thing. And I want you to systemize it to the like the lowest common denominator. Okay. And then I want you to send it to one of your friends. And okay. even if it's how you open up like the camera and turn on the camera, and I want you to list out every single step and I want you to make a video of it. And I want you to send it to your friend and be like, Hey, I need you to accomplish this video just by watching the video. So I need okay. you to do an edit real quick by just watching my video. And then when it gets back, if it's crap, don't blame them. Blame you. <laughs> Got it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, cool. it does. It yeah. does. And I just want to share this. This is off topic, but I was the reason I was laughing earlier was when you mentioned about your mom and your dad. My husband's white. I'm Mexican. And it's so funny because the kids and I are always like my husband and I yell. And the kids are like, Why are you guys yelling? It's like, this is how we love each other. And your mom's Mexican. Hello. <laughs> That's what it literally just happened. And and then you said it. So I just wanted I to share it. that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. But thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. you. I'm going to go mash that button. And you're so amazing. So awesome. Keep spreading your ama amazing energy. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank and do, so do me the favor too, Fatima. In the, yeah. um, uh, because I love, uh, I love Louisa so much. Um, in the, in the, uh, in the chat, I'm giving yeah. you guys all my book complimentary because I love what? Louisa. Oh my so, gosh. I love you. And it's already all in the chat. I put, um, I asked Kevin to put all the links mm -hmm. in, so go straight in. And, and it's, it's a bestseller in my family. So I just want to, oh you know. definitely. I love her too. She's so amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having them on. This is such a gift to us. You guys are both oh, a gift. We pinky swore to friendship for life too. This, this, he's like a headlock in there all the way. <laughs> that is so awesome. So Kelly, does that mean we're friends now? Oh, oh we we're, right? we're you can't you can't get rid of me, Fatima. You can't get rid <laughs> of me. Right, yay. Hey, you need to connect, but you what I would suggest is connect yeah. with Lori. You okay. need to connect with Lori. Lori is on fire right now. Lori is, is Lori is buying dirt and then selling that dirt and making money from selling dirt. This is the coolest thing. Nice. I'm telling you, like she's a genius. So it's not that you're going to have to get into that business, but 
get with Lori because Lori, her network too, I'm telling yeah. you, you become Laura, friends with Lori, yeah. it's, it's game on. And right. every one of you, you should have each other's phone number and text in. So who do we got next? I see a hand up. Corrine, who's a hairdresser who I love so very much. But you have to unmute my beautiful love. I always forget to do that. And we used to work together and we loved working together. Um, so my questions are kind of similar to Fatima. So I am independent. Uh, so I'm a renter. And, you know, when you're talking about systems, it's funny because toward the end of this year, I'd be doing a haircut and my stuff would be all over. I'd be doing a color. And I, I just recently kind of started doing that, like that system that you're talking about. I'm like, okay, if a blow dry comes in, you section it off. I start here. Um, and I notice when I do that, I'm more focused and I'm more efficient. I'm not all over the place when I have that system down. Um, but uh, especially I took a, a hands-on color class and my my color brushes, for you who are in the industry, were always a mess when I did color. And the guy taught me one of the most simplest tips. Don't put your brush in the bowl, put it on the side. Oh my God, my brushes stay so clean now. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Pardon me. I'm like, I've been doing hair for how long? And I just now I get that. Um, but so my question to you, you know, I'm so impressed because I had heard you uh, on a podcast talking with someone in about how you built your salon, especially after COVID, because you just, you know, during a tough time. What are your suggestions on how? I can grow and build my business as an independent person. Okay. I'm, I, I, you know that I talk fast. Do you have a pen? I've been I, know, I know, I know Luisa's recording this, so you need to get the recording because I'm, this, this will, um, this will, this will double your business as a hairdresser. Okay. And it's a simple statement, but it ha you have to, it has to become your heart set before it becomes your mindset before it becomes your skill set. I'll say it again. Most people come on these calls and they're looking for skill set. They're looking for, give me something that I can do to make things better. Okay. That's why we're here. Although most people don't realize that the right skill set with the wrong mindset doesn't work, but the right uh, mindset with the right skill set without the heart set doesn't work either. Right? So, here we go. Number one, write down, I will never blow dry someone else's haircut. After that, put comma. I will never cut someone else's color. Put a comma. I will condition every single person that I color. And then put a comma and an and, even though that's bad grammar, I do it. And I've done it for years and I passed high school. <laughs> and everybody buys soap. Okay. So read it back to me. <laughs> I will never blow dry someone's haircut. I will never cut someone else's color. I will condition every person, every person I color and everybody buys, did you say soap? I could. Soap. Soap. That's all we do. So hairdressers, like, a okay, a baseball player, you run, 
you hit the ball, you throw the ball, you catch the ball. There's only four things you do in baseball. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Okay. In hairdressing, all you do is make hair shorter. <laughs> Sometimes you make it longer and you make it red or not red. <laughs> and you sell soap. That's all you do. It's not brain. It's not brain surgery. So once we tap into that now, okay, let's, let's do the math. How much is your haircut? Tell me. 90. Okay. 90. Write that down. 90 bucks. How much is your highlight or color? So let's go highlight. Uh, for partial 150. Take the word partial out. Okay. This is advice. Take the word partial out of your menu. The reason why I say it, the only time that it's a partial highlight is when you're doing the highlight, you get partially done. Someone calls you and you have to go to the hospital and then you leave and never return. That's partially done. That means you charge for a partial. <laughs> Otherwise, if I do one piece of color or 40 pieces of color, you're paying for my mind, not for the actual foil. That's going to build your business anyway. So how much for a, right now, full, we're going to take the, both the words out. How much for a full highlight? Um, I, 225. Okay. So write down 225. So right now we're at uh, 315. Okay. So $90 and 315. So now take a conditioning treatment. How much is a conditioning treatment? About 40, depending. Okay. So add that on. And what's your total? 355. No, 355. So I want you to uh, do simple, uh, simple, how many, uh, how many days a week do you work? Uh, I'm working four in the salon. Okay. So four in the salon. How many hours do you work? Um, I average on about six. About six. How many clients do you do a day? Average. Uh, like three. Okay. Okay. So take three and multiply 355 by three. It's like 1100. Yeah, it's 1065. Okay, 1065. Okay, and you work four days a week. Correct. So 1065, and then just take that and multiply it by four. So that's like about 4,300. About 4,300. All I'm saying is a heart set. So your heart set, every day that you come in, any guest that sits in your chair, you're going to say, I will not blow dry you unless I've cut you. I will not cut you unless I've colored you. I will not color you unless I condition you and you better buy soap. So with that 43 to 4,400 that we talked about, if everybody buys soap and soap generally is around $25, if you take three of those a day, that's $75. You take four days a week, 75 and 75 is 150. And then uh, one more of that, that combination is 300. So now we add another 300 onto that. Now you're at about 46 to almost 5,000. But here's the thing. It's not going to happen tomorrow. How do we eat an elephant? One bite at a time. No more new clients. You don't have to get any new clients. You already got the guests there. They're already paying, but they just don't know. And I learned this from the hotels. They just don't know it's available. Why? Because a lot of times we allow someone else's income to affect ours. So sometimes you look at your guests and you say, Miss Jones, she's been with me forever. There's no way she has $355 today because I know. Don't make, her don't make an assumption for her because you know, this is the way I think in my head. So my heart set is when I was behind the chair, if you're sitting with me, Fatima, and you're going to get a blow dry, <laughs> it's your choice if you want to continue to look basic because I know that my haircut will make it look a lot better. 
But if you do want to upgrade to that part, you're kind of still basic because I know my color will take you to a completely different level that will complement my haircut. But if you want to stay in that basic realm, I'm not saying this to you, but I'm feeling it in my heart. If you want to still stay in that basic realm and because of the stress that we took your hair through for the color and the amazing haircut that I got you, the only insurance policy that I could give you is this conditioning treatment. But to be able to maintain this at home, there's no way you're buying a Lexus and then going down to Jiffy Lube to have the oil changed. So you need my soap. And so what Fatima does is she starts to say it's that valuable to him. He believes in it that much. You know what? I'm going to make time. I'm going to make energy and I'm going to take the money and set it aside because I could tell you this. And my wife said it to me like this. So do you know that there's people out there wearing chunky dunks? You know what chunky dunks are? No. Chunky dunks are shoes that cost $2,300 and they're Nikes. There's people that are wearing chunky dunks and driving a bucket because it's important to them. So if you make yourself important to every single guest that sits in the chair and you systematically can deliver on this, meaning haircutting system, four scissors, stand in the places. And I know like if literally, if I cut any person on this call's hair, I'm unemotional about it. I can walk in and I literally within 40 hours could teach a monkey to do it. Because the system was there and it was systematically. I Even when you go to a highlight, your highlighting should be systematic. I stand in the exact same place, pick up the exact same pieces of hair, and that way I only color the base. So if you're a blonde-headed person like a Lori, your hair wouldn't get over-processed because Lori didn't start off blonde, although she was when she was like 11. She started off with highlights, and then someone kept an irregular pattern and kept picking up other hair, and then her hair got so to a point that she said, I need to get base color, and that locked her into base color. So let's go back to it and what's going to four times, like it's literally, this will four times your income. And this is not like theory. I repeat, repeat with me. I will never blow dry someone else's haircut. I will never blow dry someone else's haircut. I will ne never cut someone else's color. I will never cut someone else's color. I will condition everyone I color. I will condition everyone I color. And all of them will buy soap. Oh, bye, so <laughs> bang, bang, biggity, bang, right? <laughs> Kelly, you know what I love about I love it. Kelly, you know what I love about what you're saying right now, and and being a hairdresser of 25 years, what like I feel when I learn something new, that like level of resistance, right? Like I, I, I know for me when it's something new because it's always been like, well, but I always will do it like this. You know how like the whole thing you just did. I remember when. A client would try to book on a Wednesday. Another one would try to book on a Thursday. And I would give them both because I thought I had to, because I don't, and in the back of my mind, I didn't have the the heart set because, and I didn't have the mindset to be like, I'm not going both days for one person on each day, right? And then I picked up and moved to Florida and that was no longer available. So what had me have the limiting belief in that moment that it wasn't possible now was no longer like an issue. I only had four days a month to fit in 30 people when I used to go in for one person a day. And it wasn't until I hit that wall myself that I was like, oh, it is possible to, to not go in for one person. So as what you're saying is like, oh my God, because I do have that fear of like, well, what if, 
they decide that that's too rigid? How do you how do you wrap your mind around the mindset and the skill set of that? So uh, honestly, like some will, some won't. So what? <laughs> um, and and you know what what I would say is when a guest and I want to encourage you, right? I so I want to encourage you where you're at, Corinne. Is it Corinne or Corinne? Corinne. Corinne. Okay, so Corinne, I want to encourage you because the thing that I just told you that will four times your income in real time. What if you only did twenty five percent of what I was talking about? Then you would double your income. <laughs> and be okay, be okay, because in the event that a person says, you know, I can't afford that, that's cool. Because what it does is it opens up your book for someone else who can. Yeah. And just like I told Glenn, Glenn's audience for whatever he's gonna teach and pour his heart into, he doesn't even have to work to get them. They're already waiting. They're just waiting. They're sitting in the arena saying, I know Glenn will be here. I know it. And if you look at like when you study like comics, I just read Joe Coy's book. If you haven't got a chance to read it, you need to read it. It is amazing. But with every comedian, Kevin Hart was the exact same way. They all went in with what they thought the world should be getting. And when they popped, when the world took them on, they sat in and they actually just told their own story. And Kareen, where I want to tell you tonight, as a hairdresser, like there are 19-year-olds doing that. They're doing it. You have the right. You have the right to do it. You have the power to be able to do it, but it won't happen overnight. But it starts with the heart set. Say it to yourself. And what I would do, this is the last thing I'll tell you to do, Kareen. Kareen, go in your mirror, in your bathroom, and I want you to write out that statement in dry erase exactly where you get ready. So you have to peer through those words to see your own reflection. Great idea. And then what I want you to do, because I want to be on these masterminds again, I would love to be able to come back and I'll come back whenever you guys want me to come back. I want to hear your results. And if you come back and you're like, I used to do around 1500 and now I do 1700. Well, check this out. 1700 is two more hundred than 1500 and 200 times 50 weeks in a year is 10 grand. What could you do with $10,000, $800 a month? You could buy a new car. I mean, pay a, or, or, or pay a mortgage if, if you lived in Iowa. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> I love that. You're awesome. I see Kevin's hand up. I love you, Corrine. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. What up, Kevin? So um, I'm a cybersecurity guy and I'm working on some books, but I, I'm trying to get into the whole podcasting aspect. Okay. And so um, I saw you've got a couple hundred episodes of yourself uh, out there and yes, you've got a really high, you know, ratings, you know, 4.9 out of five. So uh, what are some, some some tricks and things like that since I'm just getting started in it? Um, I think, you know, say like with the book, uh, with the book that you do, like when I, when I wrote the book, um, everyone told me like, 
you know, getting it published is going to be the hardest thing. And I was like, and then they were like the, the first chapter, it's going to be the hardest thing. Then they said the first sentence. And I was like, it was actually like turning on the computer to write the first letter, to write the first sentence. To write. So number one, give yourself permission, right? And give yourself permission to just suck. And I want you guys to go back on the first episode that I ever did. It's on YouTube. Scroll back. Go see it. It was horrible. The, the audio was horrible. I had a mic in front of me. It was not plugged in. <laughs> I was working off the, the audio of the iMac. And um, it was horrible. Tinny sound, all the stuff. I mean, to this day, it has some of the highest uh, uh, downloads of any of my episodes. Um, allow your, write this down, allow your audience to grow with you because they'll have ownership of you. Kareen, this is another one for you and it's going to be for Kev too. Can I call you Kev? Sure. We're buddies now, so I'm going to call you Kev. Is that cool? Okay. All right, Kev. So Kev, evangelical marketing is the least focused on or even understood, but most effective and most cost-effective marketing in the world. Evangelical marketing, meaning when I have a person, now I would say this, Louisa is an evangelist. Lori Halter, evangelist in my world. Lori Halter preaches the gospel of what I'm doing. True story. It's not what I asked for. It's not that I, and I, I don't give her kickback. Lori and I are connected. We spend time together. And Lori, ser seriously, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Lori, because I know that you do it and I see how you do it and you do it from your heart. Louisa does the same thing. Louisa is an evangelical marketing piece for me. I can't pay for it. I can't buy it. You can't uh, force someone to be it. They just have to be it. So when you're starting your podcast, what you want to do is you want to, let's go back to those three things. Number one, be super kind. Contribute to every single person. And contribute to them by being honest. Like, I, I, I love you being on the show. You're my first episode. And you know what? I'm going to make some mistakes. I might say some ums, some ahs, whatever it is. But I'm trying here, and I love you, and thank you so much for being on the show. And what will happen is your audience, and your audience, like you already, I mean, being in the cybersecurity world, you are an expert at what you do, Kev, like, because you have a lot of books behind you, and you probably read. That's why I don't have books behind me, because I don't read. Um, so, <laughs> so you already have that audience, and then just don't be afraid to, to ask your friends to listen. Like, hey, will you check this out? But here's the thing. And this is, this is, have you ever heard of hand in the sand? Mm -mm. Okay, Kev. So hand in the sand is like this. If you scoop your hand into the sand, you pick it up and some of the sand falls out. So what? It wasn't for you. Whatever stays in your hand is that. And so do advice like that. So the advice that I'm giving you, whatever applies to your life, keep it in your hand. The other stuff that's garbage, that was crap and that was bad advice for me, just let it slide through your hands, but still be my friend. Okay. <laughs> So early on, don't ask for feedback, okay? Because what it'll do is sometimes it'll injure you. 
to a point where you won't do it again, even though the person is being nice, but everyone in the world now thinks they're Simon Cowell. Oh, I'm going to give you the real truth and it may hurt, but it's going to do good for you. I've never seen anybody hurt somebody, be nasty to somebody, and it actually have positive results. <laughs> if the person has a phenomenal attitude, yeah, they can take it and they could go through, but honestly, don't ask for, for any, I mean, because allow yourself to develop. And like when you do the episode, like don't even listen to it. Don't listen back to it. Don't critique it. Do it and let it be. Because you know what? You're going to get better at it. But do it as often as you possibly can. And here's the thing. If you want to be good at it and anybody that, uh, honestly, like anybody, like say when I first got in the hair industry, like if we were at Denny's and we were talking and someone said, you're a hairdresser, can you do my hair? Yes, right now. I got my stuff in the car. I'm ready to go. I'm cutting your hair tonight. Now. Now in the realm where I'm at, as far as my speaking career, literally, I don't care where I'm at. If you have a quinceanera and you want me to speak at it, I'm coming to your quinceanera because I know I got to get ready for the 100,000, right? And so allow yourself, do as many as you possibly can. Um, here's some technical part. Um, make sure, just get you a microphone. A $99 one will be fine. Just get a USB one that goes into it. Do you do a Mac or do you do a PC? PC. Okay. So um, just do a, a USB one. Um, you can get it from like Best Buy. It's like $99, uh, like a bullet or a Yeti or whatever it is. Don't go big on the equipment. Um, depending on the look, for me, style is a lot. Um, so the look, if you want to have, I don't have to have these headphones on, but I think they look cool. <laughs> so, and it looks podcast-ish. This is this is not the best mic in the world, but I like the look of it because I saw Elvis and he did this thing and I was like, wow, I'd like to have one of those. But also too, depending on the subject matter that you have, maybe if you're doing a podcast, what are you going to do it on? Cybersecurity or what are you going to do it on? Yeah, cybersecurity incidents. Okay. And so, lessons learned. So most likely your audience isn't going to care if you have uh, the Shure microphone like I do. They, they ain't going to care. What they are going to care about is that you have a little bit clearer um, uh, audio as far as the mic. So just make sure you have a mic and then make sure your lighting and your camera. So your camera is always going to be like, if you look at my camera, my camera yeah. is slightly coming up slightly. Okay. So when it's slightly coming up, I'm going to be in control of the room. This was on purpose. <laughs> if it goes high and I'm coming down, I'm going to be more subservient to my audience, which is completely cool. If you want that vibe, it can be. The other reason why I went up is because I wanted you to see the shoes in the back and the biggie and um, also the, the little things that make me happy like this biggie statue that's only, there's only 500 of them in the world. And there's a guy named Concrete Jungle that's going to sponsor the podcast at some point. He doesn't know it yet, but the bodega is on the back and it's there and it's biggie. Now, there's only 500 of them in the world, but should a guy at 47 have a, a, a thing that the arms come off so you could switch them so he's smoking a blunt this time and he could be doing something else? No, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it makes me happy and it's in my office. And then I have a red man one right behind me, which you guys can see. Make sure in your podcast room that you have something, Kev, that is signature Kev, that it just makes you jump up and down, right? Mic, camera, 
Uh, you seem to have a pretty good light in there, but make sure when you get your light, like yeah. uh, do do just a soft light. Like a, um, I have one that's coming towards me. So if you can see the, uh, it's on this side. You see the shadows on my face there? Mm -hmm. And then I have a light hitting the ceiling, which is called a hair light. So all that is, so just one light to the ceiling. So it'll be your hair light. And then one coming at you to be able to create shadows, but make sure that's a soft box. There you go. And then uh, I would use Anchor. Um, I would use Anchor and I would get uh, Ecamm. That's the software that I'm using right now. You don't have to invest in Ecamm right off the bat. You could do Zoom, but Ecamm will give you higher quality. Um, it'll break, you know, it, it gives you a little bit higher quality and it gives like, um, I'll show you. So you see the ticker now that's going across the screen. That can be the sponsors and that, I mean, I can record with that going. I didn't want it tonight because it doesn't really matter, but it, you can do those kind of things. And then like, I can do this, hold on. So um, where is it at? Oh, you see the little guy here? Yeah. Okay. So I'll unlock that one. So with this, I could actually put that on the wall if I wanted to and just brand it a little bit or brand it and put it right next to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it gives you, and, and again, like, although you're not with the cybersecurity with your podcast, although you're not going to be like, Hey, I need to have the coolest, slickest, no matter where you're at in your life, if you make things a little bit cooler, um, it tends to give you an edge. And Kev, you're cool. You've been here. You've been engaged. I've watched you. You were here and you were shaking your head. You were in and you made the audience feel amazing. So you're going to make those people feel amazing on your podcast too. And this is the last thing that I'll give you as far as podcast. Make sure that if, are you going to do commentary? You're going to do guests. Uh, so sometimes it'll just be myself. Sometimes it'll be guests. Okay. So if you're going to do guests, make sure that you honor them in asking a question and then shutting up and allow them to tell their story and stay away from, this was a thing my dad did for me, stay away from, um, yeah, and I, stay away from that. I, I saw this happen with a, a woman from Shark Tank. She interviewed my friend, John Paul, and she had him on. Now, John Paul is one of the, uh, at the time, one of the five or 300 billionaires, and he's a self-made billionaire. He's a pretty important guy. United Nations, he speaks at. Nelson Mandela is one of his friends. Like, he's the man. He was on her show. She would ask him a question, Laurie Gernier. She would ask him a question, and he would go to answer. He was halfway through, and she'd be like, yeah, 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 that's exactly what I do. And then she would go off on something that she did and why it was so important to her and why she was so important. And she yeah and him. And I was like, you need to shut up, lady, and let him talk. And what it will do for you is it will give you so much crazy power, although most people think it's the opposite. If I'm podcast host, I need to be the guy. And I want to tell you, you already see it happening right now. Do you see how powerful Louisa is in this mastermind? Because Louisa is allowing everyone else to be powerful. But does that take away from her? No, we all love Louisa and we're like, Louisa, bring me more, do this, do that, right? And I see some loves because that's who she is. But she has the confidence to allow that to happen and that's so powerful and it's not normal. And so now when you listen to podcasts, watch it because a lot of times it's just about the host, but it's never about David Letterman. It's never about Oprah. It's always about the guest. And so make sure, and then when you go with your commentary, it will be about you. 
that make sense? Mm. Does that help? Yep. Thanks. One more question. Uh, whose gloves do you have there on the shelf? Uh, well, I have Vanderlei Silva up here uh, on oh. this one. So I have Vanderlei Silva. This one is uh, uh, Evander Holyfield. Oh, nice. Um, my, fa- I mean, he was my favorite boxer. Like my dad was a boxer growing up, and um, and then these shoes up here. This is they. These aren't the exact. These are another pair of them. But my parents, my dad made eleven hundred dollars. Uh, before taxes when we were in high school and we only had one income and he only got paid once a month. Well, these shoes came out in 1989 and they were $125. And me and my brother were boneheads and ungrateful and wanted each one of us wanted a pair. And my parents saved up $250 in one month out of 1100 before taxes and bought us both the, that pair of shoes. And that's why I have them up there. Wow. Great story. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I love your stories, Kelly. I want to hear about the hideout. Can we hear about the hideout? Um, Lori, I, I would love it because Lori's a part of the hideout. Um, and for me, Lori, help help me with this. Help me with it. Help him, Lori. Help him. Your gorgeous blonde hair. Get in there. <laughs> the hideout. We want all the women to come play with us at the hideout. Okay. And Lori, was there any marketing done to you? No, not, no, no. There was was one call. And the the way that it works is um, for for me, um, I do a a retreat every single year with my buddies. I have the same friends since I was in fourth grade. Well, I told all my buddies, I said, I want to create this for other people because most people don't have the same friends since they were in fourth grade. And all my friends were like, what do you mean? Why would people come? And I said, well, this that we have is amazing. And I said, like none of us care what the other person does, although all of us are successful in our own right, we're able to just be ourselves. Then we get filled up with joy and we go home and then our marriages are better. Our kids relationship are better and our businesses are better. And I said, I want to do this for the world. Well, I created it for men. We did our, our uh, did it in September and I had a woman come up to me. Her name is uh, Debbie. And I spoke at a place like this, like a mastermind. And I spoke about the, uh, or I didn't even speak about the hideout. I just, uh, like someone had seen the video and she walks up to me and she's like, congratulations. She did like this, congratulations on the hideout. And I was like, that's weird that you're saying it like that, but thank you. And she's like, but what the F? But she said the word. She's like, what the F? And I said, well, that's not very nice. And Debbie's a friend of mine. And I said, well, what's up, Debbie? And she said, what the F? And I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, well, you won't let any guys come or let any girls come to the hideout. And I said, well, did the little rascals let Darla play in the playhouse? <laughs> and she laughed and she was like, that's not good enough for me. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Debbie, if you go get 12 friends, we'll do a hideout for women. And she came back <laughs> 45 minutes later with 10 friends, one of which is Lori. And she said, I got 10 friends. Are we doing it? And I said, yes. So June 2nd through the 4th, we've got the women's hideout. Um, we've got the men's hideout, which is in winter, uh, which is February 3rd through the 5th. Um, but what it is, is getting to know people before you ever need them. We're focused on joy. Um, and it's not the fluffy joy. It's falling in love with your current circumstance and allowing magic to happen. So as guys, we have two and a half days of guy time. And you're around some of the greatest uh, minds and entrepreneurs in the world. But it's not a, like a flex fest. And it's not a pitch fest. And the uh, the the women's hideout, um, we've actually got, I mean, we've only got a couple spots left with it. Um, but it's me and my wife. 
Um, and we're doing it there. And I tell you, it's amazing because you never know who's going to show up to the hideout because I have really, really cool friends. Um, and also what we found is no one needs to show up to the hideout except you because you are so powerful. And so it's one of the only masterminds where there doesn't really have to be any speakers because the people in the room are so powerful. And um, it, it's in Utah. It's absolutely beautiful. It's in hideout because that's where we live. We have a house and it's called hideout. And um, it's, you know, the, the view, I mean, the, the hiking, the, you know, everything in you, we're, we base it around the writing aspect. And again, you just never know who's going to show up to the hideout. And uh, it's, it's a phenomenal time. So. I was like on pins and needles ready to go. And the only reason I can't make it to this one is because it's my daughter's birthday. And I love Kelly so much that like when I said that to him, there was no like, you know what I love about you, Kelly, is like there's never any shame and guilt. It's like you really are who you are. And I so appreciate like there was zero energy around like, oh, we'll try to figure it out. Because you know how you take classes and everyone's like, oh, everything is possible. I get it. Everything's possible. And it's my daughter's birthday. <laughs> well, so. the thing the thing too, Louisa, is what we want you to know is, number one, I'm going to be your friend for the rest of your, uh, your life. Okay? So I know that. So okay. for me, we actually don't even sell the hideout. Like if you're ready for it, you know, and you sign up. That's exactly. it. Like it, there's no, I mean, and uh, Lori knows this, like there's no sales process to it. And I know that I'm going to have a relationship with you for the rest of your life. So at some point you're going to go. And when you do, um, <laughs> you're going to go again, unless it sucks. And if it sucks, then you tell me, and then we just make it better. And then you'll come again. I love it so much. <laughs> I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for everyone in here. I, you know, I truly, this is magic for me. This is truly magic for me. Like, I feel like a child in a playground when I get to, like, come on here and play with everybody because I I reconnected with a friend of mine from 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and I thought I'd gotten, like, you know, cleaned up my hair, my skin got better, all, I did all of the, like, cleanup stuff, and 30 seconds into talking to me, she goes, this is the little girl I remember, and I'm like, are you serious? I did all that work and I'm exactly <laughs> what you remember. <laughs> then I reconnected with a client I hadn't seen in eight years. And I'm so excited about everything I'm doing. She's like, you're exactly how I remember. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so what I'm really taking away from this is that we all really are beautiful souls and how we show up, our, our lights shine. And I love that when we're on here, all I see is shining, beautiful human beings, and we all get to connect together. And Kelly, you are entertaining as all can be. You are so damn funny. And I absolutely, we like have a love affair for the rest of our lives and with everybody in here. And I'm super grateful. Did anyone want an opportunity to say anything to Kelly before we get to say, I love you dearly and good night? Uh, Tracy, do me the favor too, if you have, uh, just write this down. Uh, my phone number is 702. 327-7638. And that's my, that's my personal number. Um, Tracy, you were asking about the hideout. Um, reach out to me. We'll talk about it. Um, and then, you know, if it's something that you want to do, Lori, I tell you, like Lori's going to be there. Our group that we have is, I mean, unmatched. And Lori, I don't know if you know, but Shauna is coming by the way. So yes. she's in, yes, she, uh, she just, me. she just yeah. signed up yesterday. Awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, shoot me a text or give me a call and then we'll get you all we set up. We might have room easy. in our Airbnb, so let yes. me know if you decide. 
Yes. Okay. Um, what else? What else we got, uh, Louisa? What were you saying? I, I, was, think, anyone, I just want to make sure everyone who I don't want anyone to Joseph? get on the phone and wish they had said something. Joseph, yes, did so. you have I something? I thought you know. raised your hand. I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed spending this time with you. Uh, incredibly humorous person. Tell a great story. And you're going to be my friend for the rest of my life. <laughs> but don't tell anybody. <laughs> jo Joseph, you are amazing, man. You're incredible. I love Joe. <laughs> Dylan and Heather, any parting? Goodbye. I, my, my, my cheeks are hurting <laughs> from laughing so much. This is, uh, this is great. I, my day started at like five in the morning. And I've just been on calls and masterminds all day. So this was a great way to end the night. <laughs> this was fantastic. It was awesome. Yeah. Can, can we show some love to Louisa for putting such a phenomenal group together and doing it from the kindness of her heart and to be able to have the strength? Again, she has the strength to let people be who they are. And that's not normal in life because most people are so wrapped up in their ego. And that's where Louisa is constantly. And I want you to know that she does this when the lights aren't on. So she texted me this morning and told me how excited she was. She texted me the other day and encouraged me. She texted me on, on Christmas. She, I mean, constantly just encouragement. And I just want you to know that what you get in these masterminds with Louisa is not an act. It's, it's the person. It is the person. And you, that's not very normal. So you need to be celebrated at the highest level, uh, uh, Louisa. Thank you so very much. I am so grateful for all of you. And I'm so grateful. Like, this is what I get to the playground I get to live in. So that's pretty damn awesome. Beautiful. Love you all. Have the most beautiful night. Thank you, Kelly. Love you guys so much. Have a wonderful day.